Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the first sermon in our church's Turn the Lights On Again series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. We kick off a new year today, and we begin the season of Epiphany. 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 I don't know. Y'all say that? Epiphany. It's the season that follows Christmas, and it runs up to the season of Lent in the traditional church calendar. It begins with the Epiphany of our Lord that was actually yesterday, and then the celebration of our Lord's baptism, which is traditionally on today. Epiphany means manifestation or an appearance. It is marked by the arrival of the Magi from the east who are led by a star to come and find and visit King Jesus, baby Jesus. Like that star that drew the Magi to Jesus, the light of Christ draws us to him. And that light in your life, if you've got the light of Christ in your life, draws others to him as well. And so we've got this series that begins in this season of Epiphany. Turn on the lights again. We're guided, this series, or we'll be guided by this key verse from Ephesians 5, verse 8. And it reads, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. And so throughout this, we'll have a, a chance to see the light, recall the light, make sure our lives are people who are living with the light of Christ turned on. I'm going to pray the prayer of Epiphany from the Revised Common Lectionary Book of Prayers. Let us pray before we begin. O God of light and peace, whose glory shining in the child of Bethlehem still draws the nations to yourself. Dispel the darkness that shrouds our path, that we may come to kneel before Christ in true worship. Offer him our hearts and souls in return from his presence to live as he taught. Christ's name, amen. Today we begin the series, Turn the Lights On Again, Baptized in Jesus' Name. Do you remember your baptism? Some of you are like, yep, it was like this time last year. Or some of you are like, yep, do you remember... Maybe when you went through confirmation as a child growing up in the Methodist tradition. Or do you remember the time you fully trusted Jesus to be saved? A little bit of my story. I had grown up in church. My parents took me, but I didn't always get it. I thought or was taught it was more about what I could do or had to do for God. And so there were times when I tried very hard to do that, but I could never do that. And that's the truth you'll learn that it can't be done on your own. And so I'd kind of give up. I worked hard, I played hard, I avoided getting into the big trouble, but I was living for myself. 
But then in 2004, after I'd graduated college and was working for a company, pouring all myself into that, the company said, hey, we got to change. We're going to move this line of business to Asia. And you can either move with us or you can take the severance and find another job. Well, wanting to be closer to home than further away, I took the severance and looked for another job. And there was a window of about six weeks in between when that first job ended and the next one began. And my wife and I took a cross-country camping trip in an RV. And it was on that trip where we were seeing some of the magnific magnificent views of God's creation. The Grand Canyon, go if you get a chance. The giant sequoia trees, go see them if you get a chance. And I was reading a book from a pastor entitled The Purpose Driven Life and it was on that trip in those moments where I realized it's not about me. Not what I could do but what Christ had already done for me. And so at 30 years old in the back of a RV <laughs> I prayed to put my faith in Jesus. At the end of that trip, we gathered back at my parents, or came back through my parents' hometown, stayed a couple of days, and went with them to church. And it was at that church where they had taken me growing up that I hadn't got the faith that was baptized into the faith. In recalling that season of spiritual growth or faith, there were a few people whose lights had shined into my life. In addition to the book and the seeing God's creation, there was a friend that I'd worked with that, in that first job. We'd go to lunch almost every week. And on the car ride to lunch, he had a Christian radio station playing in the car. And I was thought, that's pretty bold. You're listening to Christian music. <laughs> I didn't know many people had done that. And so that witness and the words in those songs began to be a part of my transformation. Another friend that I'd run around with through high school and college. And we'd gotten into some of that not too big a trouble together. I was about to get married. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, when's the bachelor party? Because... And he goes, well, we're not going to have one of those because I recently got saved and I'm not going to do some of that stuff anymore. And so it was through all of that, through the gospel light, through the witness of other people that were part of the story of my coming to faith, my baptism. You see, our faith journeys are definitely our own, but they're also journeys that intersect with other people. People who have influence through the light of Christ shining into your life. The people who the light of Christ shines and reflects off of you into their lives. That influence of believers on unbelievers is the direct result of following Jesus or being baptized in Jesus' name. So we're going to look today what the Bible is teaching about being baptized in Jesus' name. If you've got your Bible, I invite you to turn it on. If it's in a smartphone or to open it up, we're going to look at the book of Acts. Acts chapter 19. Acts is in the New Testament. 
It follows the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those Gospels are about telling the story of the life and ministry of Jesus. And Acts picks up right after the death and resurrection of Jesus and his ascension back to heaven. And Acts tells the story of those disciples who had been empowered by Jesus to be the church or to bring God's kingdom to earth. It tells the story of folks like Peter, first apostle, or Stephen who was martyred for his faith, or Saul who became Paul who had been once a devout Judaism follower but persecutor of Christians. And he converted and began to follow Jesus and in that he began to spread the gospel and start churches even to the ends of the earth. It was on one of those missionary journeys that's described in Acts with Paul that we pick up in chapter 19 where he's encountering some folks in their faith journey. Let's look now to Acts 19. We'll begin reading in verse 1 through verse 7. I'm reading the NLT or New Living Translation if you want to follow along word for word. If you click the link in your text here, response, this passage just should be in there as well. Acts 19 verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he'd found some several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Verse 3, then what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come after, meaning Jesus. Verse 5, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, and there were about 12 men in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Well, Paul encounters some folks on one of his missionary journeys who had encountered some level of the faith or knew of the resurrection of Jesus, but they were missing some key aspects of that faith, specifically the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. Paul investigates their faith. It's like, well, how were you baptized? Tell me about it. What, what went on? And they, they affirmed that they were part of the baptism of John or John the Baptist. But they lacked the baptism in Jesus' name and the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. And so in verse 4, Paul affirms the good character of John's baptism, the repentance of sin, but shows that even John declared there was more to it, more to God's kingdom come than merely that. The being baptized in Jesus' name is to receive the power of God's Holy Spirit in your life to those who trust in Jesus. To not only defeat the eternal consequences of sin in your eternity, not only defeat the power of sin in your life here and now, but to experience the power of God's Holy Spirit as you are a part of working to bring God's kingdom and light to this world. Let's look at this passage in more depth. 
we might understand what it means to experience the baptism in Jesus' name. If you got your worship outline, or if you downloaded the, the worship guide, there's a place for you to follow along with these points and take notes. Number one, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Verse 5, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, the believers that Paul encountered realized something was missing from their faith. And instead of keeping that next step at arm's length, when Paul said, here's what's missing, they immediately took that next step. You see, they were living a kind of a morality gospel. They're like, let's try to do what's right and wrong and repent when we get some stuff wrong. But that was the extent of their faith. They were living maybe what some critics of the North American church call a moralistic, therapeutic deism. The kind of faith that says, well, I'll try to learn what's right and wrong and do it. And therapeutic because I want to do something good because that, that'll help me feel good about myself. And a kind of deism that says, well, there's some bigger power, but not one that's particularly interested in my life or even those that follow him. That's not the gospel of Jesus and that's not the faith that Paul and other disciples were proclaiming. Yes, it is a faith that begins with the repentance from sin. But that faith richly engages the life of Christ's followers by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Faith that guides you into right living and avoiding wrong living. But faith that encounters you eagerly in every aspect of your life. In the major medical surgeries that you may face. In the major decisions of career and family that you may face. And the impact of the lives of those who receive the faith-inspired good works God intends to do through you in the name of Jesus. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Number two, is God's Spirit upon you? Is God's Spirit upon you? Verse 6, the first part reads, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. It's God's Spirit upon you. You see, that's a, a major contrast between Christ's followers and even Judaism. A major contrast between Christians and those who follow other, even religions that try to do good. A major contrast from those who live in this life, simply existing or wondering, what is the purpose of my life and eternity? Having God's Spirit upon you, though, is a two-way encounter. You have a choice as to whether or not you'll put your faith in Jesus. And you have a choice as to whether or not you'll have God's Spirit and His power working in you. Yes, God's Spirit is upon you when you're baptized and the church elders lay hands on you. But you have a choice as to whether or not you'll respond to that with a heart and a, a life and a soul that is spirit led. Last week I talked about that term upon. It's from the Greek New Testament term epi and it means of two surfaces that are in contact with each other. 
Not just somebody you sort of know of or heard of or a long distance relationship, but God's spirit upon you or in contact with your life continually. It's personal. And when the Spirit is upon you, you receive the presence and the power of God's Spirit. You get supernatural knowledge. You get power. You get gifts. You get impact in your life in the name of Jesus. The likes of which can't be imitated or even imagined by those who are simply doing good or trying to get a good feeling in life. Or even those who are merely existing. Is God's Spirit upon you. Finally, number three, are the Spirit's gifts present in you at Leeds First Methodist Church? Second part of verse six reads, and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. These were two examples of the Spirit's gifts poured out into those who the Spirit was upon. They spoke and they prophesied. It's not an exhaustive list. It's not a list that every believer gets. But every believer gets some spiritual gift whenever they trust God and they let God's Spirit work in and through them. If you want to make notes of what other gifts there are, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And Ephesians chapter 4. Those are more complete lists of the spiritual gifts that God gives. At least one of those is present in those who are willing to follow him. And those one or dozen or all have the purpose of helping the church achieve God's mission. Make paths for more people to know and grow like Jesus. Today as we begin 2024 as we experience the celebration of baptism as we come for communion I want to invite those that are members of Lee's First Methodist Church to recall our membership covenant to know what it means you said this or something like this whenever you became a member as we begin a year, you get a choice to say, yes, I'm in, Lord. Yes, Spirit be upon me. Work in me. And so I'm going to give you, members, a chance to recall your member covenant. And as we come forward for communion, I'm going to invite you to remember your baptism. I'll explain more about that in just a minute. But let's go through these. And if you would be a part of our church and membership. And like to recall your membership covenant. Would you profess or reaffirm your faith in Jesus? You believe in God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you do, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus as Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord. If you do, say, I do. You receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures. If you do, say, I do. As those historically in the Methodist movement have vowed to faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by the prayers, their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness. 
Will you support the testimony of your church by attending worship regularly? Living a life following Jesus and giving financially regularly. If you will, say, I will. We grow closer to God and others by engaging with a group regularly, acting in love towards others, refusing to gossip, and following the church's leadership. If you will, say, I will. We serve the ministry of your church by discovering your spiritual gifts and your talents, being equipped to serve by your pastor and leaders, and serving with the team regularly. If you will, say, I will. Will you reach others with the mission of your church by praying for its growth, inviting the unchurched to attend, and warmly welcoming those who visit? If you will, say, I will. You see, following Jesus is a choice. Living into your faith is a choice. Being a vital member of your church is a choice. I invite you to make that choice this year, this day, and every day. But no, it's a, a choice. And if you don't live intentionally in following Jesus, it tends to wane away. If you're hesitant to profess your faith in Jesus, if you're hesitant to say, I will be a part of this church, that's okay. This is a space for everybody to consider where their journey is in faith. But if I can be helpful in you in taking that step of faith or into membership or renewing your membership, let me know. Let this be the day. Let's pray. God, thank you so very much for your presence here today. For your Spirit's work in saving, for your Spirit's work in sanctifying. God, I pray you continue to pour out your Spirit. Those who have been baptized in the name of Jesus, encounter that Spirit's presence upon each one of us. That we would experience that in a way that pours out the light that you've given us into and through your church. Others may come to faith. Follow Jesus here. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.